Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us, if you would, over to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 29 and verse 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. There is a song that we love that says, Tempted and tried, we're oft made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long, while there are others living about us, Never molested, though in the wrong. When death has come and taken our loved ones, it leaves our homes so lonely and drear. Then do we wonder why others prosper, living so wicked year after year. Faithful till death, said our loving master, a few more days to labor and wait. Toils of the road, will then seem as nothing as we sweep through the beautiful gate. When we see Jesus coming in glory, when he comes from his home in the sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. We'll understand it all by and by. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. I felt led of the Lord to speak to you on that subject. Farther along, farther along, we'll understand more about the mysteries of life. Farther along, we'll understand more about the uncertainties of life. Farther along, we'll understand more about the injustices of life. We bring this message so that each of us may be motivated to faith in God when encountering the mysteries, uncertainties, and injustices of life. One of the most difficult parts of the Christian life is the fact that becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ does not make us immune to the trials and tribulations. And so many times people ask the question, I don't understand. I don't know why this happened and I don't know why that happened. I don't know why I'm going through this. Why would a good and loving God allow a death of a child in our family, a disease, an injury to ourselves and to our loved ones. Why would God, if he loved me, allow financial hardship, worry, and fear? Surely if he loved us, he would take all of these things away from us. After all, doesn't loving us mean he wants our lives easy and comfortable? No, it doesn't mean that. 
The Bible clearly teaches that God loves those who are his children. In fact, he loves everybody. He loves the Christian. He loves the sinner. He loves the backslider. So I can say to every one of you tonight, God loves you. He really cares about you. Nobody has ever loved you or will ever love you like Jesus. But all things, he said, works together for the good of them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So that must mean that the trials and tribulations, the suffering that he allows to become a part of our lives are a part of the working together of all the things for good. Therefore, for the believer, all the trials, the tribulations must have a divine purpose. Everything that happens in our lives as Christian has a divine purpose. Our spiritual lives are full of highs and lows, valleys and mountaintops. But some people panic, grow bitter, become angry, even at God. In the face of disappointments, they ask, where is God? Why hasn't he answered my prayer? Why is God silent towards me while I'm hurting? While I'm going through this difficult situation, many believers become disillusioned and hopeless during the trying times of life. But hold on. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Instead of seeing a valley, they see an endless tunnel with no light at the end. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about. This is a dangerous mindset when we feel that God's forsaken us. God no longer cares about us. God doesn't love us because it causes a person to lose confidence in the Lord with such an attitude Trusting that the pain will end becomes increasingly difficult. There's dear saints of God who've been through and going through some hard places. And it's easy to look around at people who are living wicked lives and say, look at me. I'm trying my best to stay in the center of the will of God. And look at this man. Look at this lady. Look at the lives that they're living. What about me? Further along. We're going to know all about it. Farther along. We'll understand why. The Bible tells us about things like this. As we look around and see others prospering. He said in Psalms 37.1, Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 19, Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. Farther along, familiar favorite hymn. I don't know about you, but 
when I went through hard places in my life, I've found that the words of this song is comforting and it's helped me go through some of these difficult situations. Let us consider some of the thoughts based on this favorite hymn further along. We'll understand more about the mysteries of life. Some things are mysteries to us. It's a mystery. Yes, dear ones, consider our text. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that they may do all the words of this law. There's many things that's happened in my life that I didn't understand. So I say, I think every Christian needs a bag, a mystery bag. Instead of going around and fretting and trying to figure out those secret things that belongs to God, just put them in the mystery bag. And don't worry about it and don't fret about it. It's not going to help me and it's not going to help you to try to figure out the mysteries when God says it's not time to understand yet. Amen. We can ask more questions that we'll ever have answers to. We do have answers to all the things we need spiritually in this life. The answers to everything I need, the answers to everything that you really need, we have them. Amen. The Bible tells me in 2 Peter 1, 3, according to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Think about that. What has God given me? All things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything I need to live the life that God has ordained for me to live and the life that God has ordained for you to live has been given to us. Amen. Titus 2 and verse number 11 said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Thank God for that. God has given us everything we need to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. So I can go on and live for God, though I don't understand some things. It doesn't have to stop me. It don't even have to slow me down. I can go ahead and be what God wants me to be because God has given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Amen. God's given me what I need to live the life that he's ordained that I should live. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God has given us everything that we need that we might be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Thank God. The other questions we ask, we must rely on our faith to answer. What about the things that we don't understand? Well, that's when faith comes into place. 
Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. And so we must trust that God knows the answer when we don't know the answer. Amen. That can bring hope and peace to our hearts to know, though I don't understand this mystery, I don't understand what I'm going through, I don't understand why this had to happen, I don't understand why that had to happen, God understands. Amen. And so the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter and verse number 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask to think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus throughout all ages of the world without end. Amen. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. And to go along with that scripture, the Bible lets us know that his thoughts is higher than our thoughts. His ways are much higher than our ways. So no doubt that's one of the reasons we don't understand a lot of things. Because his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts, we couldn't understand it. His ways are so much higher than our ways. Further along, we'll know all about the mysteries of life. If we do not understand, that means we do not need to understand yet. Oh, you think you need to understand. I, I think I need to know why, but I don't need to know why. I don't need to understand. The song says, I just need to hold his hand. I never need to come to the place where I say, well, God, you won't tell me why, so I'm just going to sit down here and go on strike. No, farther along, we'll understand about the uncertainties of life. We sometimes feel that we don't know to whom we can turn to, who we can go to. Sometimes uncertainty can only be alleviated by going through the experience. When I place my faith in God at such times, thank God he will always help me through. Consider the example of Abraham in the Word of God. God said that Abraham would have a son by Sarah. This was beyond Abraham's experience. He had never, ever heard of someone Sarah's age having a child. But the Bible says in Romans, the fourth chapter, in verse number 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was also able to perform. God assures us that when we're uncertain about life, he's still there. Uncertainties of necessities. We go through that, don't we? Uncertainties of necessities. But the Bible says in Matthew 6.30, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. And then there's the uncertainties of the uncontrollable. 
Matthew 8, 26, and he saith unto them, why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Then there's the uncertainties of self. Matthew 14, 31 says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and he caught him, and he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Farther along, we'll understand more about the injustices of life. There's no guarantee for justice in this life, but not all wrongs are righted in this life. Some wrongs are only righted after death. When we're wrong, we must place our trust in God, knowing that justice will be served one way or the other. In fact, if our hearts are right with God, if we're where we're sh- we really should be, we're not praying for God to bring judgment on anybody. We're praying for mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Amen. When we're wrong, we must place our trust in God, knowing God will serve the justice on that day. Ecclesiastics, the fifth chapter, verse number eight says, If thou seest the oppression of the poor and the violent perverting of judgment and justice in province, marvel not at the matter, for he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be a higher than they. Justice is served through the cross. Jesus' death on the cross was for the sins of mankind. That's God's merciful way to bring justice. However, if one dies and does not accept God's justice through the cross, then one must accept God's justice for eternity. Romans 12, 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Hebrews 10, 30, For we know him that has said, Vengeance belong unto me, and I will recompense, saith the Lord. Again, the Lord shall judge his people. Farther along, God will make all the wrongs right. Amen. Someone might say, how can he do that and get by? How can she do that, Brother Larry, and get by? Nobody's getting by with nothing. Because God's got a book. And he's taken record of all of our lives. And one of these days, those books are going to be open, And every man will have to face the deeds, whether they be good or whether they be bad. All of us go through valley experiences in life. Adversity is an evil part of life. We're going to face it. When difficulties come, we wonder why God has allowed this difficulty in my life. We may even feel abandoned by him, but the scriptures tells us otherwise. In the book of Psalms chapter 23, a very familiar passage of scripture It describes the Lord caring for us tenderly as a faithful shepherd cares for his flock. This beloved passage of God's Word is a reminder that he's always present, loving, protecting, 
and guiding us. He has a purpose for every adversity he allows. Thank God. There's adversity in my life, you might say. God has a purpose in allowing that adversity. The biblical principle is we learn more in the valley experience than we do on the mountaintops. We'd like to stay on the mountaintops, but friend, where God really teaches us and where God really sanctifies us and sets us apart is when we go through hard places. Amen. We find ourselves in difficult circumstances for a variety of reasons. Spiritual warfare, the hand of God, and the actions of others in our own rebellion. But listen to me. Are you listening? Every valley is a passageway rather than a destination. That valley you're in, it's not a destination. It's a passageway into something better that God has for you. Don't look at the valleys as a dark, dim place where you're going to die. Look at the valley as a passageway into something better that God has for you. I know that I love God. And the Bible says, and we know, that all things work together for the good of them that love God. So why should we be angry? Why should we be bitter? Why should we have hard feelings towards somebody that did something to us that's going to work together for our good? Amen. And same it is with you. Has someone done you wrong? Has someone mistreated you? See, the devil wants to take that and make you bitter and cause bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment to build in your life. But turn the thing around. You love God, don't you? Well, God's going to take the thing that they've done to you and work it together for your good. So why should you be so upset at somebody, though they meant it to you as evil, God meant it as good? He's turning the whole thing around, and he's working it for your good. Amen. You see, we're going to understand more about it farther along. Just hold on, because things are going to get brighter down the road. The dark clouds is going to be dispelled. There's a brighter day coming for the people of God. Eventually, the difficulty will pass. Might take a while. God's timing is not necessarily synchronized with mine. It's not necessarily synchronized, but he's going to be on time. He's never late. He's late according to my watch, but not according to his timing. Amen. Because David said, though I walk through the valley, eventually you get through the thing. And the Bible said in Isaiah 43 in verse number 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overthrow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You see, God controls the depth and the length of the valley experience. God's in charge of the situation. Amen. A season of suffering can seem longer if we're in a tremendous amount of pain. 
Suffering can throw us off balance. Losing anything, a position, a friendship, a marriage, or something else that's precious to us can cause a person to wonder, why did God do this to me? God didn't do it to you. He may have allowed it, but he didn't do it to you. The valley experience might be shorter and less painful if it takes only a little suffering to bring about the deeper surrender to God in your life. Resisting him will typically lengthen the trial, the suffering. Someone said, I want out of this thing. I want to get through it right now. Then submit to God. Surrender to God. Keep the right attitude. If you don't keep the right attitude, then it's going to take longer for God to melt you down and get you where he wants you to be. God is more interested in our character than our comfort. We're interested in our comfort. But God is more interested in your character. With the Lord, we always have hope. And you and I have a good shepherd that's living within, comforting us and strengthening us and protecting us and sometimes people respond negatively in a valley and when we're in a valley and we respond in a negative way that means we're going to have to stay down there longer till we learn the lesson we will handle adversity poorly if we don't have a solid belief system if you and I do not understand God's character we will panic in the face of difficulty but you got to remember, God's character is he loves you, he cares about you, he knows what you're going through, and he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. We will handle the difficulty poorly if we don't understand the ways of the Lord. Scripture contains many examples of saints who suffered despite of the fact of their faithfulness to God. But God has allowed this for a reason, and you got to just rest in the promises of God. We handle adversity poorly if our faith is based on emotion rather than the Word of God. If we don't know the promises in the Word of God. Amen. The reassurances found in the Scriptures can help carry us through the trials, the darkest days of our life. I want to say again, we learn more in the valley experience than we do on the mountaintop. In hard times, we're more likely to discover how to rely on God than when things are going well. That's when we learn the lesson. When things are going wrong, it drives us to our knees. It drives us to prayer. No matter what happens, the Father will provide for us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. God's word is like a rod and staff, especially in seasons of difficulties. Its truth will protect me. It will protect you, making us make wise choices. It comforts us. In times of suffering, in the valley, we learn more about the nature of God. His presence in our pain, his love in our loss, his patience 
despite of our complaints, amen, through hardship, he may strip us of pride, renew our passion for him, refine our character, and purify our motives. Therefore, when God seems silent, when you can't see him, when you can't feel him, when you can't hear him as a born-again believer, it may mean that we stop listening to his voice. It may mean that he's not saying what we want him to say. We've allowed the cares of this world to plug our spiritual ears. We've neglected his word. God does not speak to us today in signs and wonders and fire wind for the most part. He speaks to us through his spirit, through the word of God. Farther along, we're going to understand more about the mysteries of life, the uncertainties of life, the injustices of life. There's a correct way to respond to valleys. Surrender your life to God. Quit fighting against God, the situation. Trying to work it out in your own way. Believe that the Lord will use this experience for your good. Rest in God's wisdom in his love, in his power. Thank him for bringing you through the valley. You will learn invaluable lessons in life's darkest seasons. No one can completely escape suffering in this life, but as believers, thank God, we can face difficulties with confidence and faith in God. Amen. If you're in a valley right now, I pray that you will surrender your heart, your life, the situation to the faithful shepherd. He will guide you through heartache and show you how you can overcome in his strength. Look to him for peace and hope despite of your circumstance. If you're willing to walk with him through the valley, you'll experience God's highest blessings on the next mountaintop. If you're at a low point and feeling hopeless, I want you to be encouraged. The good shepherd who is sovereign of his universe is with you. Think about that. The good shepherd, though you can't feel him, he's still with you. He's just not beside of you. He's in you. You may not always sense his presence. You may not be able to see how God is working, but he's there. The Lord loves every one of you unconditionally. He's ready. He's willing to help you. All you need to do is turn to him. And one day, perhaps, you're going to look back and think, thank you, God, for never leaving me and caring for me through the low place. You'll never be able to thank him enough. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.